Hey, everybody. Welcome uh, to this next episode of Paranormal Peeps Podcast. And uh, we have quite the uh, guest for you guys today. Um, but before we introduce her, um, let's see who we got around the uh, desk today. Jamie. And Josh. And Elisa is bumming it in Hawaii. So <laughs> lucky her. Um, yeah. So we have, we have the host of Paranormal Life with V. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Very excited. Yeah, this is a, uh, this is a bit of a, a not, I wouldn't say challenge, but it was, it was fun getting you on the show. Request. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I made it. I finally made it. <laughs> yeah, and we're super happy to have you here. Um, what, uh, what got you into the paranormal? You know, um, it's been a part of my life since I can remember. Um, my mother said when I was just a baby, I'd, you know, stare off at things or smile. Um, my most vivid um, recollection I have communicating with spirit was when I was about three years old, living in Denver. Um, we had this big two-story Victorian home, and I would like to play downstairs. And downstairs is where my friend, I used to call him Bob would be he was like this really sweet older man I thought he used to stop by was like a neighbor I was so young didn't really you know understand but I knew that he was there and he would you know give his little hellos and whatnot but you know growing up um, I experienced so many things on every level um, from very uh, playful spirits good spirits to very malevolent um, at times demonic things so it's been, it's been a journey, but, um, I'm also, uh, obviously a medium. If you haven't, if you couldn't tell by now being able to see and communicate with spirit all my life. Um, I'm also a empathic intuitive and, um, you know, it's, it's been, like I said, a journey, but I think it's been something that has been more than that to me because, it's like coming out of a closet in a way that I've repressed it for so long. And I think many people who are a part of the paranormal life and are very spiritual and have these abilities, um, I think for the most part, hide their abilities, hide their gifts, don't talk about it. So I think it's not only been a journey, but it's been um, a courageous step forward to telling my story. Um but yeah, that's probably the first um, time that I really remember when I first started uh, being introduced to, to the spirit world was when I was three years old. Wow. Very young age. No kidding. Yeah. I don't remember three, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember Colorado. You know, I miss it. I miss it there. Being in Arizona and I'm like, oh, I, miss, I miss Denver. <laughs> I had the best years of my life there. <laughs> yeah. The, the two states are vastly different. So different. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, what did your mom think? Like if, if you're talking to Bob down in the basement, how did she perceive that? You know, growing up in a very Catholic upbringing with strict parents, um, you know, I don't know how they dealt with it. That I was so young. Um, but as I grew older, my dad would, um, he'd always have, um, still to this day, holy water, um, on, on hand. So he'd bless the house if I woke up having, um, which happened all the time, night terrors, um, or when I would feel or see things, I'd comment about it. And it wasn't like, oh, let's sit down and talk about it, sweetheart. It was more like, they wouldn't dismiss it. It was kind of like, Shh, you know, don't talk about it kind of thing. So um, there were times when I would get dismissed. And I, I wished whole, wholeheartedly um, all my life that my parents would at least have that conversation with me. Um, then as I got older, things started to really get, um, I'd say that activity started getting really dark, um, you know, bringing in the priests and whatnot, but still not sitting down and talking about it. It was more like, you watch too much scary movies. You bring in too much books about the occult into the home. So it's kind of like, you're bringing it up upon yourself kind of in a way. Um, yeah. Now I have to say, you know, thank God my parents aren't as close-minded as they used to be. They're actually very proud of me and they support the show. They support me, but growing up, yeah, it was, you know, really 
scary for my parents, I think. And, and it's a, there's a cultural aspect to it, you know, being um, Mexican American, um, there's a lot of, you know, urban legends that were, <laughs> we brought up, we've been brought up with scary stories. And then when you bring in the religion with Catholicism, you know, there's things that, you know, we're told, you know, don't talk about this, don't have this in your home, stay away from this kind of stuff. If you're not, you know, God will punish you, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. I, yeah, that happened. I can understand that. I grew up uh, Catholic as well in a Catholic home. Oh, yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. the experiences I had growing up were terrifying. Oh, um, wow. And it wasn't paranormal stuff either. It was just yeah. the way the, at least our church talked about the paranormal, very, very evil. It's, it's, um, mm-hmm. there are no such things as ghosts, at least to that group. Um, yeah. It's all demons. And so that's all evil. And so if yeah. you, if you see somebody, it's got to be a demon and it's, yeah. you know, and that, and that terrifies you as a kid when you're learning that in, in uh, first communion at like five and yes. six years old. <laughs> right. Yes. I, I hear you. The same thing happened with me. Same thing. And I think that's why I closed myself off so young and why, um, you know, I have friends and family who listen to my podcast and they're like, why didn't you say anything? I'm just like, I learned at a very young age not to. Yeah. yeah. I really learned not to. So. Yeah. And yeah. I honestly think it's it's because of the TV show successes that have been going on for the last decade or two decades uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. that people feel more comfortable talking about the paranormal. Um, yeah, they do. Because before, at least for us, like if you were talking about ghosts and stuff like that, it was, yeah, it was, you know, you well, you have an overactive imagination and you've been watching too many. You've been watching Halloween too much. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I, I heard that so many times too, but, um, you know, it's, it's been actually a wonderful experience to be, you know, to be a podcaster and be a part of, especially on uh, the Twitter community of other podcasters, finding so many like-minded people who have, you know, the such, um, similar stories to myself. It's, it's wonderful. They have the same thing. You know, there's so much more things nowadays that make people more comfortable talking about experiences. Oh, absolutely. And knowing that there's other individuals out there as well that have had similar experiences growing up and throughout their lives and stuff. And knowing that when you're talking to these people that you're like, I'm not alone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a good feeling. Yeah. You're not alone. Exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, you mentioned your podcast, we we mentioned your podcast and stuff, but what is it, what is it that got you into doing your podcast? Why did you start it? I've always wanted to, you know, make a, uh, almost like a documentary or, or even write a book, but I'm not skilled on either of those levels, writing or, you know, filmmaking. So I was like, you know, I, I heard about, you know, how easy podcasting was and many people started doing it during the, during the pandemic. I think, wow, the percentage of new podcasts that were, you know, created during that time is <laughs> right. yeah. very, very high. I think I needed something to do at that time. It was a very hard time. I started back in um, October of 2020. Um, I just felt like it was time to tell my story. It just kind of, it, it was this um, calling I had to do it. And I started off not, um, you know, expecting anything out of it. It just felt so good to talk about it. And it was, it was kind of like, talking to an imaginary audience that I know was there and that I know whoever was going to hear it was going to receive it because they, they in some way were going to be helped by my story or be inspired by it. And, um, you know, no matter how many people that reached, I, I was just like, you know, I want to, I want to continue to do this. I want to continue to do, do this stuff and bring on people who have experienced encounters and have been, um, you know, chastised and, you know, been a, the black sheep of their family for so long, you know, because people think they're odd and, you know, abnormal. So I, I, I just find it as like, um, I look at it as like a lighthouse, you know, my podcast, you know, people navigate toward it who are, you know, either stuck in that darkness or have been in that place. And it's, you know, there's always that light at the end of the tunnel, you know, we're, we're not alone in this, in this world. Absolutely. That beacon of light for others out there, other individuals uh, going through the same things. Um, I love it. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. 
So who, um, who has been your favorite guest or, uh, or guest spot that you've done? Oh man. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) So many, you know what? I love that each and every person has had, you know, when it comes to cryptids, you know, my friend Asher's has had like the best stories. Um, and she loves to talk about Mothman. She's like the Mothman expert. Um, when it comes to, you know, just different different experiences, ghosts, doppelgangers. Um, what else have I talked about? My goodness, there's been so many. Um, I, I can't pick and choose. I, you know, <laughs> their stories. Their stories are just they're phenom- They just blow me away. They're phenomenal. Um, and I know these people very well. Um, I brought in um, people that I've gotten to know so well over Twitter and learn about their story and. You know, I, I always tell people when they come on, you know, before they come on my show, don't tell me anything because I really <laughs> want to experience things yeah. firsthand. And I, I really want the audience to feel, you know, my my reaction. So um, there's people that I've talked to for so long and, you know, they haven't told me an experience. And I go, no, 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 no. Let's save it for the show because I really want this to like, <laughs> I want like cool at me so yeah it's it's been great i talk about everything on the show and you know i think one of the ones if i'd have to choose something that really affected me for a long time um my friend Greg from msv podcast um came on he's one of my best friends um he's very highly intuitive like me a medium as well and he had a horrible experience and it really started with using the ouija board with one of their friends and from there things just started to happen very badly he talks about an experience with a poster he had it was given to him i believe from someone who was a teacher in school it was of a panda and he wasn't wasn't the only one who saw this his sister also experienced this which makes it very so scary um because there's an eyewitness to it the poster change that the the panda had this as he said my sister came you know screaming and you know said the the panda's face became like demonic oh there was yes yes there was no way of putting it i know they tore it up they got rid of it but I, i that affected me so long because i know greg and it was really hard for him to talk about and um, there was other things that happened in that home at that time that were just uh, so terrifying. That, that was probably the one that really stuck to me because, you know, I love pandas. I grew up having those animal posters around my room, too. And the thought of, you know, something like that happening um, as a child is so terrifying. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That creeped me out. Yeah. <laughs> just not really having probably as a child the understanding of why or how that could be. Yeah. You know, exactly, mm-hmm. is frightening in itself. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, that'd be terrifying. I don't know. I'd rip all my posters off the wall. I'm sorry. I'd go burn them or <laughs> <I know>. something. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, right. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's interesting too because like the Ouija board, the spirit board stuff. Um, we are very big proponents of not using them at mm-hmm. all, staying away from them. Yeah. But you. But you find, especially on Twitter, like there's a lot of people who are like, there's nothing wrong with them. They work great and they're fine and they're (laughs) safe. And it's like, if they were that safe, then you wouldn't have all of these stories running around. Well, you know, exactly. and it's not just that, though. I I, I don't think the Ouija board itself is necessarily evil. I think Mm -hmm. what it is, it's it's the intent of the users when using it. Um, you know, cause a lot of people go into it, Hey, let's do this. Let's have a, let's use a Ouija board or, you know, and, and let's, let's call spirits forward. And, and you really just don't know what it is you're calling forward. Exactly. And it's kind of like people who live in a home and experience nothing. And then someone moves out and they experience like a haunting. It's kind of like something that's dormant and it just waits for like the right person and someone yeah. who's open or has abilities. And I swear I've seen it happen. The same thing. Um, I personally have never used one. I ran out of a sleepover one time when it was brought out because I was just like, no, bad feeling. Don't yeah, want to do it. Right. But I've had people who experience nothing from them and, mm-hmm. you know, are very skeptical about it and just 
are like, you know, this is just fake. It's not, it's fake sorcery. This isn't real. But I've had so many other people more than not say they've had some very powerful negative evil things happen after they've used one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, uh, I've only ever touched one once. Yeah. And it would, it was during an investigation, actually. Um, oh, we were, we were at uh-huh. someone's home and they were having some issues in the home. And so, um, we were concerned that it was potentially associated to the Ouija board. So we took it out, um, and started cleansing it and, and going through that, that roll through it. And it didn't actually end up being the Ouija board at all. No. Um, no. it was a bop it. One of those oh bop it gosh. games. <laughs> oh my gosh. Really? Yeah. It, it was a haunted bop it. <laughs> yeah. And I would have never known. And it was crazy because we put it on the table, right? And no one's touching it. Oh, we weren't even standing near it. And it starts going off and talking on its own. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. At one point. So when you don't, when it lays kind of dormant for a while and you haven't touched it for a while, it says that um, I'm, I'm turning off now. It'll say that, right? Well, we had it on the table and we were over like in the living room area. So we were nowhere near it. Um, And it says, I'm not going to turn off. That's what it said. And we we're like, what? <laughs> yeah, oh, it was, it was crazy. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Ooh, that's so, so creepy. Yeah. It's, it, it was an interesting, that was an interesting investigation. Yeah, it was. Um, but oh, yeah. So, but yeah, so we, uh, we obviously don't talk about using Ouija boards or Mm-mm. don't yeah. suggest anyone using them just because of, of all the negative uh, things that people have had happen to them with them. Yeah. Um, exactly. So you mentioned like on your, on your Twitter page and stuff like that, that you're helping people um, with dealing with the paranormal. And I, and I believe you mentioned using uh, the tarot cards. Is, is that yeah, correct? I use, yeah, I do card readings. I also do um, uh, spirit readings. So mediumship, you know, I'll, I'll channel, as well but um tarot cards it's crazy because you know and a lot of people you know i've seen there's so many groups on twitter who are just like go at each other and they're just like you're not a true tarot reader if you haven't done this so i've been self-taught i don't do traditional tarot i do i just do my my own way of reading the way that i've been guided by spirit to do and um it's my favorite thing to do i absolutely love it i'm very careful with it um but yes i i, I do do that and um, I have a wide range of decks that I use. So um, um, whenever I'm called to do it, I, 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 you know, it's definitely something that I do um, for people when they request it. But yeah. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Because um, I've I've only done I've had one tarot card reading done way mm-hmm. back when I was in high school. So that was yeah, ages ago. Ages ago. <laughs> <laughs> Almost thirty years now. <laughs> I think that it really, um, we were just talking about intent. Um, I really feel that, um, it really depends on the reader and the person who is, is going and asking questions. So, um, I think for me, you know, starting, I I really started off small you do readings for your friends and your family. And then it's like, people start referring you and you get a bunch of other clients, but, um, I don't know. I really, and it was really, I'll tell you, it was a great tool to help me open up my abilities a lot more, to be honest with you. And I'm really grateful for that. I really started with using an Oracle deck. I really like to use um, Oracle cards. That's, that's my favorite, but. um, What are those? What, what are Oracle cards? So that is more, I'd say about life changes and more matter of fact things. It's more of the journey and tarot is like very, on point and like in the moment. And I, I don't know, I, I feel there's a difference personally. Um, when people are coming to me with life questions about career or relationship or life path or life journey, I'll do a full spread for them, um, which is usually, usually like a 10 to 12 card spread, um, depending, but um, it's, it is 
about the experience for me that I enjoy. I enjoy how the cards just fall in order for people. And I always tell my clients, you know, this is what you need to know right now. And the future is so subjective. And by no means do I like to call myself a psychic because I myself cannot foresee the future. I do not like to tap into people's emotions and read them. It's kind of like reading through someone's journal. You know, it's just not a right thing to do. It's personal. So I always yeah. tell my clients, yeah, like live in the moment. The more we worry about the future, you know, like I said, it's so subject to change. It's all about our life choices, but I love people peace after, you know, it's, you get the reading that you need, that you want people expect certain things. And sometimes you just get what you, what you need. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so is there a, I mean, I know like client, you know, client, whoops, sorry. Uh, I want to say patient client confidentiality, but that's not quite the same thing. Um, But is there a a story you can share about a tarot reading that was, you know, particularly meaningful or exciting that, that, that happened? I like when I get those readings that are, um, you know, forcing a pregnancy, especially from a couple who have struggled so much and had so much heartbreak through it, or, you know, I, it's hard. Of course, no one wants to give a bad reading, but also seeing that even though they go through probably a very hard traumatic phase in their life, but seeing all the good that's coming from that. And just, I think what it gives to me from readings is seeing that things just always work out. There's just this circle and things flow the way that they need to, you know, but I think my favorite, it's not a tarot reading, but one of my favorite readings I've done, it's very recently. Um, there is a very um, sad case. And in fact, it made the, the news here in town. Um, this really young, young man was run over, um, killed. Um, sorry, he, it didn't come out that he was run over. But when I made contact with him, I had his grandmother reach out to me. I used to see her daughter as my client as well. Grandmother reached out to me, really wanted to make contact with her grandson, said he was killed by this woman. And when I made contact with him, there was all these pieces that came together. And she was just like, you know, this hasn't even made it. it, This hasn't been made public. You're talking about things that, you know, were said in the report. And I think when I get, when I give those readings and people confirm and validate me, it makes me feel like, wow, you know, (laughs) wow. You know, because there's times when I think, I don't know if this happens to many other intuitives and sensitives, but you do have doubt. And sometimes like, man, my that rate sounds way off, you know, but I've learned to try to dismiss that. But when she felt so validated and when she knew that this wasn't an accident and um also how how there was no pain. Um oh, I'm sorry, I get so emotional because he was such a good good person. He was so young. He was taken so young. But um especially when I do these spirit readings for people and I do make contact with the other side, the amount of peace that I channel from, from them, you know, cause they're in another place. They're in the afterlife and channeling how there's no, I'm so sorry. Like I, there are no words, you know, she wanted to know if he was at peace. And I said, of course he is, you know, he's feeling this right now. And you know, I'm overwhelmed with that feeling like, oh, it's the most beautiful feeling of all. Um, makes you feel like nothing on earth is is a problem. Everything that we think about here doesn't doesn't matter. You know, it surpasses things. Right. And, um, yeah. Giving her that peace and letting her know certain things like when she's sitting on the couch and that lamp next to her starts to go on and off, that's him. And she goes, oh, my God, how did you know that? I'm like, he's showing me he's showing me that he plays little little pranks on you and goes like that to your nose. And she goes, oh, my goodness, that was him. <laughs> so that was probably my favorite one. You know, it was a very emotional reading and that that just happened. And it was such an honor to do that for her. Um and because of, you know, I have to say because of his death, there are going to be some changes in, in laws here in, in Arizona. So I'm, I'm very, um, I'm very proud of his family for really, you know, um, 
honoring his memory and going forward in legislator legislator to get um, a lot of you know these law passed with um, uh, reoffending uh, criminals. Absolutely. Wow. Just to be a part of that whole process and to bring those pieces to that family so that they could kind of piece some things together there. Um, and just to know that their loved one is, is okay, is in, you know, is at peace and, you know, and that there was good that came from it, you know, from such a tragic, uh, happening. Um, I can, I can imagine that that's just a very wonderful and, and at the same time, overwhelming feeling. That comes through <laughs> and, and you oh, can, yeah. you can just see it and hear it in your voice. Just, you know, just sitting here listening to you, you can just hear how empathic you are um, yeah. and how you just really, you really tune into all those things. So that's, that's amazing. Thank that's just, you. that's really amazing. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's always, I don't know. It's always good to see people do good. With, with their talents and their gifts. I love it because with all the negative forward things in the world today and everywhere you look at, yeah. it, it feels like that's at the forefront. And, you know, to look and try to find the good, it's it's a little a bit of a struggle, but it is very much out there. And it's mm-hmm. with folks, you know, such as yourself that, that do the things you do that help others, um, you know, reconnect or you know get answers and such and so there is a lot of good out there guys you just you may have to look a little harder but it's worth it because it's there it truly is yeah it's a really hard thing to do but i think that um we have to watch out and be careful with one another and um you know we're all human we all have feelings and everything that's happening in the world um especially if you're like you're saying yes i i am an empath and there are many people out there like me and you know they're feeling the weight of the world on their shoulders and all the dark energy that's flowing around so it's it's just so good to stay grounded and stay balanced and even though my life is really chaotic at times i don't let that deal with my inner world you know i try to stay as balanced spiritually as i can um, then that uh, negative energy wants to do then knock you off of your feet when you're already weak. So it's always good to stay on your toes and absolutely save yeah. yourself, stay cleansed, meditate, pray, whatever you need to do to stay in a good space. That's very good advice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I was actually going to touch on that too. I was going to ask you cause, um, Jamie's a bit empathic. Um, oh, I, I could tell I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and, <clears throat> um, Elisa, um, our uh, other co-host, is also uh, empathic and, and sensitive as well. And so um, the question I have for you is, how do you deal um, with just all of the being able to feel all of these people's emotions when you go to like Walmart and, you know, all mm-hmm. of these places? How do you deal with that and keep yourself from, um, you know, having that really affect you? Um, first of all, I, I say thank God for pickup. Now you can do pickup. <laughs> but you know what I meant. You know, I just came back from a very long vacation. We went to the beach in Mexico, and there's just you know, it was it was wonderful. It was great. But yeah, I get really exhausted. I get really tired. Um, it's kind of like um, I'd say I don't know, holding up like you're you're in a cardboard box and you're you're holding up everything like I feel like I'm in this box all the time trying to hold my shield up and it's it's exhausting but um sometimes it's hey I I like I have to be honest with people it's overwhelming it's straight up overwhelming at times it's depressing it you feel all these emotions and I think that's the best thing to do is to just allow yourself to feel them mm-hmm. um repressing things is so bad um take it from me but I I'd say the thing that really overwhelms me the most is probably um, going to social gatherings more oh, often yeah. just because I feel like if I'm close to those people bringing everybody together, it's like, you know, I, I feel a lot. I feel a lot when I'm around them and it's really hard not to, but you know, when you're, I, I think that's the hardest part is turning that off. Um, and I, I've learned to again, but I think it's harder when you know people and you get that feeling like, you know, they're, they're envious or 
just, you know, being negative and it's, it's hurtful, you know, it's hard not to show it on your face when you're around someone in your family or a group of friends or acquaintances and you know that they feel negatively towards you or um, you're around a person who you say, you know, I don't trust her. And someone's like, you know, how can you say that? You don't even know her. And you can't explain it to them. Well, I'm an empath. I, I'm pretty much, I can see right through, uh, you know, I'm a sensitive. I can feel <laughs> this person right. is bad news. You know, you can't explain that. So I've lived and learned through my experience, just, you know, just, you know, keep, keep things to myself, certain things. But, you know, at the, at that time, um, when I do feel overwhelmed, you know, it's really good to just, you know, again, center, breathe. I breathe like crazy. I do a lot of breathing exercises and, you know, surrounding myself in my own personal shield. But um, I think that's the most important part for, for people who, who are empathic to do that religiously. Yeah. Um, no matter what, even if you're going to the gas station, you step foot outside your door, um, center and protect yourself. Right. Absolutely. Like clear release yeah. and cross over all that negativity. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, going out in the public can be tough for a lot of people in, in general. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so bad out there right now. Who wants to? Right. <laughs> Who can afford to? Just, <laughs> that's yeah, the other problem. Oh, right? Who can afford to do anything? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so oh Okay, I'm so sorry. I heard no, you're fine. Voice in my home and I'm all alone. Oh, <laughs> oh my It's okay. That happens. <laughs> as long as it's nothing bad. If, no, no. My home's just, I, I have people coming in now, but it's it's beautiful here. It's a really good energy, but good. I'll be surprised. I want to know if you guys picked up on anything. <laughs> oh, when we go back and listen, we'll have to let you know because a lot of times when we do these, we end up getting a voice or two that comes in. Usually, yeah. so same here. I have a I, I have a scrubber. I call him my scrubber. My friend um, D. He'll listen to my episodes and be like, "I found another one." <laughs> like he finds EVPs here and there. So. Nice, <laughs> love it. Yeah, it's always fun. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but I, I definitely missed your your question. Oh, I didn't get started on it. So oh, okay, um, then we're good. Yep, we're perfect. So no, I was going to ask. Um, it's interesting because you you talk about br- growing up Catholic and also being sensitive. It's interesting when you when you look at religion and the paranormal. So, I was just wondering how has your um, how has you being involved in the paranormal changed any of your religious views or how you feel towards towards those things? You know, I think that my faith has actually kept me very protected, and because um, I think things would have been a lot worse. But I feel like growing up that way and, you know, doing my first Holy Communion and confirmation, I feel has brought a very high level of protection around me. But not only that, being able to communicate with the afterlife and knowing for a fact that, you know, um, I've had also religious experiences. So um, I feel like my faith is very strong. um, And I have, uh, I always tell people, I have a really good relationship with God. And I know him for in many forms and in you know I I I do, um, I've done a lot of research in every religion. I've still very um, into practicing Buddhism, and you know one of my very very favorite teachers, and he just recently passed. Um, Buddhist teacher Thich Nhat Hanh, which taught, um, you know he had this book called um, "Living um, Living Buddha, Living Christ," I believe. Sorry, don't quote me on that. But he spoke all the time about, you know, how Catholics were just welcome into his uh, monastery to practice because he was just like, you know, Jesus is like the Buddha. Buddha is a, um, a word that means enlightenment. You know, it's it, we can all have that in us, that ability. So he changed the way that I perceive and look at things. And, you know, I feel like God appears in different forms and in many ways to many cultures um so for me i know what god looks like um not, not personally i meant meaning like <laughs> what he looks like to me right, and what right. i perceive him to be and what i perceive you know what i believe in him to be so um yeah i think that my my re- 
religious upbringing has helped me. Um, I don't say I'm very religious per se. I don't go to church as much as I used to. Um, I used to get very ill when I would go into church. Actually, I used to faint. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, that was during a really hard time. So I have like these very mixed feelings about it. Um, want to bring my children into it. I want my children. They've been baptized already. I want them to do their Holy Communion, of course, but you know, I'm not active in the church. I'd say I'm, I'm a much more spiritual person than anything. I can okay. totally relate to that. Yeah. yeah. We're very much kind of in the same boat. Um, you know, we don't, we don't go to church. Um, we have mm-hmm. in the past, of course, um, mm-hmm. finding one where we're currently at was difficult. Um, and we never, we, we never did find one that we're comfortable with. No, not long-term. No, not long-term. Yeah. Um, yeah, comfortable has a lot, a lot to do with it. Right? It does. Yeah. It does. It's, it's about the energy. It's about the feeling you get when you're there. Um, 100%. yeah. So I've known a lot of religious people. I'm so sorry. A lot of religious people in my life who have been really easily manipulated Yeah, and yeah. quite evil themselves. So <laughs> I, I can relate to the whole more spiritual, yeah. um, yeah. than religious aspect i i really can yeah it's interesting though because i look at it too as a form of like the paranormal is is a way of form of validation right Mm -hmm. um because the the one thing we that religious religion usually teaches is that there's something after this life and people are like well you can't prove that there's life after death and it's like but Mm -hmm. if i can talk to a spirit and these spirits are talking to us that pretty much proves that there's something after this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, skeptics will be skeptics if they, you know, stay. I've known people to um, change their views, but, you know, I've learned to, to just stop fighting with people like that and try, try yeah. to, you know, convince them. It's It, it takes so much out of me. And um, I'm, it's, you know, it's if it's not there, you know, if it's not right in front of them, you know, there's nothing that I can do. Well, and even sometimes when it is staring them right in the face, they just, you know, you got those closed minded skeptics, you got open minded skeptics that are like, okay, I don't really (laughs) think so. But there could be something right. But then when you got Mm -hmm. the closed minded skeptics, it's like, don't either, you know, don't bother button heads with them, because it's just and we're not out there to convince anybody ourselves either. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their own journey. Exactly. They have their own journey. And I have a lot of skeptical people as well. And they know how I am and what I do. And they're, they still, you know, make those comments or say things. Just, <laughs> of course. Just, just ignore them. Just ignore them. You know, right. It doesn't make them bad people or anything. No, just no. Just like, dismiss it. <laughs> exactly. So um, what is, I mean, you've, you've already touched on a handful of like paranormal experiences um, doing mediumship and some uh, stuff back in your past, but what is, um, what is one event that, uh, is the most memorable, memorable to you, um, either positive or negative, uh, whichever way you like to go with that. Man, um, wow. I think, um, just cause I have a whole bunch of things that I'm feeling right now. Um, let's talk about, yeah, I'll bring that up. So growing up, I think it was during that time that I was actually in um, catechism school. You know, I was going to catechism and um, I didn't realize this until just recently, the past year or two. Wow. The activity in our home really amped up when before I really made my, my first Holy Communion. Um, I was sleepwalking a lot. So I'd wake up and I'd be, um, I'd always end up in the bathroom with the lights off. And I'd be standing in front of the mirror. So I'd kind of just like wake up and I'd just like run back to my my room. And there were things that would always happen at night. And um, it was mostly the whole wake up, have a night terror, felt something in my room, felt something um, holding me down in bed. I could down, um, not being able to scream. Um, those things happen. And I would see um, like these little circular furry dark shadowy things um it was like one time actually when that it darted across the room and it went under my sister's bed where she was sleeping because we shared rooms and when it did that it made like this very when i get goosebumps like sinister laughing oh while it did that 
And um, that was, I think that was also the period of my, um, during that period that I saw um, in Spanish, we call them duendes. They're like dwarfs. Mm -hmm. Um, People call them part of the fae. (laughs) But I was in, it was during the day. I was at home. It was me, my mom, and my sister that were doing chores. My mom was like, hey, I I need you to dust the living room. So I get the pledge bottle. I shake it. The top of the bottle rolls under the couch. So I get down on my hands and knees. I look under and I see, I see it. It's small. It's this old man's face. I'm getting chills. And it has like very raggedy clothes on. And I scream and I kind of just like backpedal on my on my hands and um my mom comes I was just like I saw something under the couch and you know at this point my mom was just like you know be quiet what are you talking about I she looked under the couch there was nothing there and um it was so scary I I dreamt of I dreamt of it for a full week and I and it appeared in like garden gnomes so there was an episode of goosebumps that I refuse to watch to this day with with garden gnomes just because oh, no. you know I had that recurring dream for like a week right and, you know it's a very weird thing to confirm that I did see this um my mom told me just a couple years ago that she actually had a dream it was during the same time I wonder if she actually dreamt of it that night but she said I had a dream we were in the house in the same exact house and there behind the tv set was this old man, a small little old man. And he like peeked behind there behind the TV and looked and that she, when she described him to me, it was the same thing that I saw. Wow. So for my mom to dream it and to describe the same thing that I saw, it just, it terrified me. Absolutely. (laughs) It terrified me. Yeah. So I'd say those, that period of getting my you know, receiving my first Holy Communion, that was a very, you know, I, I feel, I call it the time in life where I was terrorized, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't know fully to this day um, what it was, but I do know it was because, you know, I was trying to get in there before I, I really did receive that, um, I, I guess, what do you call it? Just like this religious bestowment of, I don't know, protection. But uh, it, it really amped up for sure during that time. It was a very scary time. That would be. Very traumatic. I, I can't yeah. even imagine that. And just to have that validation, like your mom telling you all these years later that, hey, look, I right? saw this and it, this is what it looked like. And you're like, oh, my word. You know, it's yeah, exactly it, what it, I it, saw. Right. It also angered me because I was like, it would have been nice for you to tell me. Right. You know? But I, I just think my parents always reacted in anger because they were scared. And which a lot of parents do with these with mm-hmm. kids, you know, they just dismiss them. And yeah, I think they're, they're, they're afraid. Yeah. I, I would say that's very accurate. Well, and I think a lot of people are still very terrified of the paranormal. Well, just of the yeah. unknown itself. Right. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, it's like, it's easy to say, well, yeah, that's nothing. Just go back to sleep. Like yeah. there's nothing going on. <laughs> um, exactly. You know, and sometimes kids, like especially younger kids, can be very impressionable in that avenue. Yeah. And so you want to, there's a sense of protection you want to give them because um, you don't want to fully validate what they're seeing and feeling because you don't want to freak them out. In the same token, um, we don't want to freak ourselves out too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I say or that's accurate. Blame on them, you know. Exactly. Yeah. That's the worst part is when they blame you for it. That would be difficult. Yeah. Confusing and difficult. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it it has been. So um, I don't know if you've, you've, if you have or not, but have you ever been on a paranormal investigation? I have never been in a paranormal. It's something that I I've always thought about doing, but then, you know, um, having, having kids and, you know, knowing how sensitive I am, I, I, I know I protect myself, but it just, it's never a guarantee that you're not going to bring something home. Um, knowing my kids are both sensitive as, as well as I am. Um, I do my best to shield them from that as best as I can. Um, some things, you know, still get in and not get in, but, you know, try to make themselves known. Um, but I, I think that it's something that me and my husband want to do someday, you know, um, there's, 
many times where I, I guess I've, um, I mean, I used to do house cleansings, not investigations per se, but I'd go and do house cleansings. And um, my cousin went with me one time and she wanted to bring her little um, digital recorder and she wanted to check for EVPs after. And I believe that was the time where my arm caught on fire um, out of nowhere. (laughs) It was really before I even entered the home, something just really didn't want me to go in as I was um, saging. Um, it just, it just happened just very too fast to count. Um, something popped behind us. It drew our attention as we looked over. And then that's when I looked down and my arm was on fire. Oh my word. (laughs) The literal fire, like flames. Yeah. Yeah. Literal fire. My, my, um, my cousin had to come and help me put it out. I was, um, putting it out myself, um, and doused it with holy water. that was a very hard cleansing. Um, they were being tormented by like a, a curse by one of her sisters who w- was practicing w- um, witchcraft. Oh in my Mexico. goodness. Very so scary. That was, that was a really scary time. Um, but yeah. <laughs> totally understand the trying to, you know, especially if your kids uh, have, you've passed kind of down your sensitivity to them. Um trying to protect them and stuff. So I, I get why you wouldn't probably as willingly go out and yeah. do the investigate the investigative portion of the paranormal. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff you go, you're gonna walk into a home and it's, mm-hmm. um, you just you just never know. You yeah. don't and that's very true. Yeah. And we've we've actually um we've only ever done one home investigation. Mm-hmm. Um we do we stick mm-hmm. to the the more commercial side of things so like yeah like the like um humans who have passed on (laughs) yep yes exactly and not that we don't run into the other uh non-human uh we just don't seek them out yeah yeah that is perfect yep that's exactly (laughs) what i say don't 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 seek it out out that stuff no don't seek it out it doesn't mean you're not gonna run into it but don't go looking for it yeah (laughs) exactly yep so if there uh, if if there was one place that you'd want to go investigate, uh, whether it's in the U.S. or abroad, where would it be? Where would you love oh to go? Goodness. Oh, you're talking about a true like I I, I mean, <laughs> that's one person that loves all those investigative you know ghost hunting shows. Um, man, there's so many of them. But you know, um, let me think about that. You know, there's not I'm not too far from Tombstone. And I love Tombstone. I'd love to do an investigation there. Oh, we would um, too. We've we've <laughs> we've been we've been a couple times. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Next time you guys are in town, call me. Um, Definitely. There's something. <laughs> there's something I have with ho- old Hollywood. You know, I I just I get so drawn to that, and I just want to you know making contact in those um, haunted homes um, that you know. Uh, there's so much history there, you know, and I, I just get so caught up in those ghost stories where, you know, old starlets are, you know, old Hollywood starlets are still haunting and you still see them, you know, um, the woman at the Hollywood sign. Wow. That's just, Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember that story. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's this, there's this fascination with, um, you know, the old time, uh, black and white movies in the Hollywood era and, you know, That's back like, then. and Really the golden age oh, yeah. of cinema, right? Oh, yeah. Right? 100%. Because oh, yeah. you get into what? 100%. I mean, Lucille Ball will be in the end of that, but you get into like... Uh, Clark Gable. Clark Gable, The Black Dahlia. Yeah. Um, oh, that. Yes. Oh, all of that. All of those stories. I, mm-hmm. I was very, even to this day, just very... Um, just enraptured with like the whole Sharon Tate... Oh, you know, yeah. not not just her murder, but just like just her herself. You know, I just mm-hmm. was like, I'd love to maybe communicate with her someday. You know, I don't know. That was just something that would be amazing. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Find out mm-hmm. the 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 truth behind it if she would tell you. I think there would be a part of her that would really open up to me. I don't know why I've always felt that way, but I I do think she'd tell me. You know, I don't know. Well, I definitely hope you get that opportunity one day for sure. Oh, I'd love right? to. <laughs> I'd love to. Yeah. You know, make it, make it, um, make that part of my life someday. You know, people keep telling me that, like, oh, you're gonna, you're just gonna, you're gonna get discovered. You're gonna be doing all these things. I'm like, I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> 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 I don't see what you're seeing. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Well, definitely if you were to take a trip down to Hollywood, I mean, the Hollywood sign would be, oh, if you could get up there, right, that would be a great place to oh. go. I think uh, the Queen Mary down oh, there yes. um, cool. would be an amazing place for you to go Once as well. Once it reopens. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Winchester Mystery House. Oh, um, you're that, naming all of the... Yeah. Right? <laughs> let's, yeah, let's do it. We should, we should do an investigation together. <laughs> we should plan a trip. <laughs> well, see, I've always wanted to do... So since the first time we got into the birdcage and mm-hmm. we had our uh, crazy experiences there, yeah, right. um, I would love to go back. And that's so... Uh, when we first went to the birdcage, I wasn't into the paranormal. I was actually oh. still terrified of it. Um, oh, uh-huh. And so, but we were in there and we went through two sets of batteries inside the Birdcage Theater. Lithium batteries, brand new. Yeah. And then when we walked out and got back onto the street there, it went full power. Yeah. The power came back to the batteries. Yeah. You know, that reminds me of, um, there's another place, you know, Bisbee, such a beautiful little little mining town. Yeah. Right? The Copper Queen. Oh, I would love to go there. Yeah. yeah. Queen Anne Mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We uh yeah. we yeah. W- we did a tour inside the Queen Anne Mine. Yep. Yes. Uh-huh. That'd be great if we can investigate there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well to get it set up. Yep. Cuz it's yeah. really not that far. Like we're we are only 9 hours to Phoenix uh from where oh, we wow. live. And so, you know, from Phoenix to Tombstone is a short hop at yeah. that point in time. And we're used to long drives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Plan it. Let's do exactly. It. We should. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so where can people find you, um, find your podcast and, and find you on social media? Well, you know, um, podcast available everywhere. Apple, Spotify, um, Google Podcasts. Um, you can find me over on Twitter at Paranormal. That's my Twitter handle. Um, that's basically the only socials I have. I'm also on Good Pods, so if you're part of Good Pods, um, you get your podcast there. Go find me. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. So to our all of our listeners out there, you know, go go check her out. Go check out her podcasts. Uh, follow her on her social media pages. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, and where can they find us? Uh, you can find us on Facebook at uh, Paranormal Peeps Podcast, as well as Cold Spot Paranormal Research. Yep. And you can find us at Twitter at CPR Paranormal and on Instagram at Cold Spot underscore Paranormal underscore Research. And like always, everybody, stay ghosty, my peeps. Thank you for listening to the Paranormal Peeps Podcast. You can find us on social media at Twitter at CPR Paranormal, on Facebook at Paranormal Peeps Podcast, and Cold Spot Paranormal Research. And you can find us on Instagram at Cold Spot underscore Paranormal underscore Research.